power hour lsu boom all night long yes Let's freaking go! Finally, my camera turns on. We're so fired up to talk about the Wisconsin Bowl game, the ReliaQuest Bowl game, but I want to first chat about Joe Sloan. This is his big opportunity to show the world that he is the future maestro of the LSU offense, and not only is it an audition for his job. Now it could be an audition for a head coaching job in the future as the coaching industry likes Joe Sloan a lot. Bryce Underwood likes Joe Sloan a lot. Maybe this is an audition for Bryce Underwood's commitment coming up here in just a few weeks. So really excited about this opportunity for Joe Sloan, an offensive coordinator who has a play caller at Louisiana Tech was middle of the road. He wasn't necessarily elite, but they also had some very strange quarterback situations uh, when he was there. So I'm really fired up to see what he is going to be able to do. And look, this is the path of least resistance. This is the path that makes the most sense for Brian Kelly as a head coach, a offensive coordinator who by the way, is someone that sat in the chair next to Mike Dimbrock. He knows what Brian Kelly wants out of an offense. He knows the Brian Kelly offense uh, philosophy. He knows that Brian Kelly wants to build the program from the offensive line on out. So I hope Joe Sloan kills it. I really do. I'm glad to know people close to, to him. I don't know Joe personally, but I do like him. And people themselves like him. And this is also a big audition for Cortez Hankton, who is the co-offensive coordinator. Let's just say Joe doesn't have 100% uh, autonomy of the play calls, and Cortez Hankton gets the opportunity to call some shots here. It's a big day for him as well. So really excited about this bowl game. This will be the last time we go live before the actual bowl game when where we will have a pregame, halftime, and postgame on New year's day okay so in the comment section below i want you to give me not only in the comment section below but in the live chat if you're listening to this via podcast tag me on social media let me know your score prediction because i'm kind of in the middle on how this game is going to go luke fickle and brian kelly both familiar with each other from luke fickle's time at cincinnati obviously Luke's first season at Wisconsin started off bright. I believe they started the season four and one. They finished seven and five. I don't think this is going to be a Purdue situation where last year Purdue did have a lot of opt-outs. Wisconsin also has a lot of opt-outs. But the difference here is Purdue didn't have a coach. And traditionally, first-year head coaches, teams play hard for them in bowl games, right? So I it's 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 going to be difficult to just run this team over, especially with all the new pieces that will be involved with this LSU offense at quarterback and, of course, as play caller. So we'll talk about Wisconsin's strengths and weaknesses right off the jump here. They love to run the football, but they won't have Braylon Allen, who I think is going to be a big-time NFL running back. Defensively, they're fine, but... They haven't seen anyone like Malik Neighbors since Marvin Harrison, and Marvin Harrison had, at least I remember, a good game against him. So I truly do believe the LSU offense will have a good day, and I think this game will be like a 31-21 to 21 kind of game. That's about where I feel right now. And if we score 31 points at Garrett Nussmeyer's first start, that means we are really cooking. Okay? Now... We start things off here with a super from before the live stream. Chase, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, Chase, being in every single live stream. You get to pick the next topic. Go right on ahead. Let's go to Cliff. He says calling plays for Louisiana Tech and calling plays in the SEC are two different things. 
totally agree with you. Um, let's see here. Uh, Sibley has LSU 58, Wisconsin 21. Jordan Haddad, good to see you. Uh, Chase's uh, prediction is LSU 45 to 24. Um, dang, 130 rushing yards and three touchdowns. I will say this, right? You remember true freshman season, we actually played um, Notre Dame in the 2014 season. Leonard Fournette had a kickoff return for a touchdown. I remember tweeting out at the time, I hate when one of my best offensive players returns kicks, right? Because kickoff return could be very dangerous. Right when I tweeted that out, Leonard Fournette housed a kickoff return for a touchdown versus Notre Dame. I'm going to go ahead and call it now. Caleb Jackson takes a kickoff return for a touchdown versus Wisconsin. He's almost broken a few, um, and I, I think you're going to see it. Now, I'm going to break down a few other pieces of intel that were put out into the ether, okay? One thing, one player I want to spend some time on tonight is Deshaun Womack, okay? Not only is he going to play more, the LSU powers at B put Deshaun Womack in front of the media, okay? Might not mean anything to you. I think when you are made available to the media, it says a lot about you, especially if you are younger, all right? So, Normally, true freshmen aren't made available to the media, right? Normally, teams are kind of bashful when it comes to that. What I would tell you is Deshaun Womack revealed today that he is going to play some Jack linebacker versus Wisconsin. Now, why is that relevant? Well, it's relevant because of this. The LSU Jack linebacker position took a step back this season. I don't think Braden Swinson and Ovia Gufu were bad per se, but you can tell that a huge reason why our defensive drop-off happened is because we lost two seasoned edge players, one who plays a more traditional hand-in-the-dirt defensive end in Ali Gay, and as much as Ali Gay had his faults, he was okay. And this year with Savian Jones and Paris Sheehan, the play dropped off. And at the Jack linebacker position, we had an exceptional Jack linebacker in B.J. Ojolari. You take a look at the two seasons where Matt House, you would consider him to be one of the best defensive coordinators in college football, 2018 at Kentucky, 2023 at LSU, all right? Excuse me, 2022 at LSU. What did those two defenses have in common? They had a Jack linebacker who went on to the NFL and had good success. Josh Allen at the Jacksonville Jaguars has been a really good player. B.J. Ojolari has been a really good player this year for the Cardinals. Um, so, you know, maybe Deshaun Womack gives us a little bit more upside. And for me, that was a big issue for LSU's defense this season. The defensive line play wasn't up to standard. And there are a lot of different reasons as to why that happened. The first is, of course, injuries. Makai Wingo not being there will always hurt your defensive line. Coaching also played a role. Not only did the coaching change, right, with Jamar King going to the NFL, and on top of that, you having to replace Jamar King, the Actual position groups changed as well. Previously, Jamar Kane was the defensive line and Jack linebacker coach. This past season, they split it up. They had one Jack linebacker coach in John Jancic, and they had a defensive line coach in Jimmy Lindsay. Then Jimmy Lindsay gets sick, and Jancic took over the defensive line. Diaco took over the Jack linebackers, or at least the way that's how I understood it. And there was a lot that changed. You had guys going in and out, people's responsibilities changing, position groups getting divvied up a little bit differently. And I'm not sure if that was the reason why the LSU defense stunk, but we did not play sound football up front. 
I think Womack could give us a little bit more upside. Another guy to keep an eye out for in this bowl game is Jackson Howard. Okay. Now, Jackson Howard coming out was a player that I liked. He wasn't someone that I was like in love with the same way I was with uh, Caleb Jackson or, or Whit Weeks, uh, per se, or Kamarion Pimpton was a guy that, that graded really highly for me. But I do know that he was redshirted this season. He was a good special teamer for us. And I think LSU wants to see what he's got. He got some defensive snaps in that Texas A&M game. So really excited uh, to, to see some changes with our front. I thought Ovi this year was fine for us. I thought Braden Swinson had some really spectacular reps. I also thought there were some times where I don't believe he carried out his assignment. But that's not here nor there. Okay? Now, Chase wants to talk about how we're feeling about the defense versus Wisconsin. Okay? Um You know, for me, I I don't know, Chase. I, I, I'm kind of in the middle on Tanner Mordecai, how I feel about him. The one guy that scared me was Braylon Allen, and he's not playing, okay? I think Tanner Mordecai and Garrett Nussmeyer, they're obviously going to have an advantage with Mordecai being more experienced, but... He's not spectacular. He, he's athletically, he's not spectacular by any stretch of the imagination. He's just a good college quarterback. So, yeah, you know, Wisconsin probably feels pretty good about moving the football on the LSU defense because everybody moved the football on the LSU defense outside of Mississippi State and a few others. So, there you go. Let's go to Jared's super chat. But the truth is, Chase, I, I don't feel comfortable stopping anyone. And Wisconsin's offense is at the very least decent. Uh, let's go to Jared here. Carter, are you surprised Wingo is playing? Is he coming back or trying to prove he's healed for the draft? Okay. Let's chat about NFL draft decisions. I think LSU is in a good spot right now when it comes to NFL draft decisions. They have a lot of players on this team that are good, all right? But they're not elite enough to guarantee a draft pick, right? You know, let's, let's take someone on the other side of the football and Josh Williams. Josh Williams is not fully decided on what he wants to do, okay? Is he going to make an NFL roster next year if he goes to uh, the NFL? Probably. He'll make a practice squad. He's a good pass protector. He'll be a good special teamer and all of that. But that's not guaranteed, okay? I think he probably comes back. Makai Wingo's another one of these guys, right? Makai Wingo, exceptional football player when he was healthy. Exceptional. He's played a lot of snaps. He's been injured. Maybe he doesn't want to run it back and get hurt even more before he goes to the NFL draft. But the good thing for Makai Wingo is he's not one of these COVID year kind of guys, right? This is a year three player. So a year four wouldn't hurt him as much as a year five or a year six would be where you're just not as young and spry. So obviously as a football player, especially one that plays a position like defensive tackle, you want to get to the NFL as soon as you possibly can. And Makai Wingo is good enough to play pro football. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. But is he good enough to actually get a high NFL draft pick? I'm not so sure about that. I would think he would get selected in the third or fourth round, somewhere in there, right? He's not necessarily a phenomenal pass rusher. He is a really good run stuffer. He's just a really, really good high IQ football player who – in an absolute perfect world, could be a Fletcher Cox at the NFL level. But I think I think right now he's going to come back. I, I really do believe it. And that's what you want. Returnees are oftentimes one of the biggest indicators of whether or not you're going to make a run to the college football playoff next year. Okay? So I would, I would think Wingo is staying. Right. And that's the thing. LSU's got a lot of these guys that 
are good to like kind of middle of the road that really don't have any other option but to come back, right? They wouldn't necessarily demand a premium in the transfer portal. And I also think they could very well see themselves in a best-case scenario at LSU. Like, where, where else could they be that is better than when they current, where they currently are? Now, the issue is, especially on the defensive side of the football, there are a lot of returnees that I am not sure are SEC-level starters. And that's where the difficult decisions are going to be made. It's not just the coaching. You've also got to decide if this guy is a starter-level player Individual one power five football. Let's go to TJ. Another super chat. You guys are flying them on in. If we get to a hundo tonight, we are giving out this Jaden Daniels print, full print. It's going to one of you. All right, here's TJ. He says, Okay, y'all don't kill me if this is an unpopular take. I think we should be giving Dan Mullen a call. All right. I'm fine with that. Especially if this Joe Sloan audition doesn't go as well as Brian Kelly would like it to go. Is Joe, or should I say Dan Mullen, is he hungry to be an OC again? That's the issue, TJ, for me. Is how hungry is Dan Mullen to be an offensive coordinator. He's not been an OC in a decade, right? He was the head coach of Mississippi State for a long time. He was a head coach at Florida. And now he's been an ESPN analyst for two seasons, okay? Does he want to get back to calling plays? Maybe that would excite him. You know, part of why the Florida tenure began to fall apart, TJ, is because he was burned out. He was a guy that really was getting torn apart with the recruiting aspect of it, the media aspect of it, the controversial ending uh, of the LSU-Florida game, which broke him. I truly do believe that, by the way. And I, I, I just don't know if he would be hungry to be an offensive coordinator again. I do think with some of the things he has said on Twitter, he's hungry to be a coach again. All right. What do you want to be an OC? I don't know. I don't know. Here's the thing, though, about Dan. There's really no baggage here. Okay. He got fired because Florida didn't think he was a good enough coach anymore or a good enough recruiter anymore. But... So you wouldn't have to worry about, you know, a blowback regarding something off the field. I I just don't know how hungry he is to 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 be an OC again, TJ. I just don't. Um, and then again, do you really want to disrupt what you have going on right here with Joe Sloan and what looks to be a really good situation for LSU land Bryce Underwood here? In a week's time, okay? The seas have parted. Michigan has a 2025 quarterback. Bam is coming in here pretty late. I, I think LSU is looking pretty good for that, all right? And if not, Bryce Underwood, George McIntyre is also someone that they're in the mix for. So QB recruiting is going really good right now. Something else is if you do hire Dan Mullen, he would come in and be the quarterback's coach. So Joe Sloan... I don't think he would move over to tight ends. I just don't know that that would. Um, I just I just don't think that that would be the case. All right. Now, I gave this play out on Twitter. I said Arizona uh, versus OU minus two is a play you should make. And I guess LD eighty eight took my advice. Arizona winning early, but still plenty of time to go left in that one. Uh, Jared's coming in hot with John Gruden as the next LSU offensive coordinator. Hmm. Yeah, not touching that. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Oh, man. 
and not, not, not touching that one. Stefan goes LSU 31-17. 34-21. All right. Now, chat a little bit more about Wisconsin here. All right. Um, will this be a high-scoring game? I think it will. I, I think it will. I think it will. I think both teams get into the 30s. I do. Could be wrong about that, though. Could be totally wrong. You guys tell me. Okay. So, um, you know, as far as LSU's recruiting is concerned, I'm also in a position where so much is is focused on the 2025s by now, but there's still other 2024 dominoes uh, that, that could go in LSU's favor. Obviously, um, the, uh, the the Bryce Underwood situation, Harlan Berry as well. I, I'm feeling pretty good about recruiting. Terry Bussey uh, is apparently really good at basketball. Saw some of his basketball clips. Him and Dominic McKinley are the two final dominoes for 2024 that we're looking to sign. I do want to chat about recruiting that matters just as much, which is re uh, say returning, keeping uh, the players on your roster, on your roster. All right. We did a full hour on Lance Heard yesterday, and nothing really new has developed since then outside of one reporter speaking with Lance Heard, Bill Embody. And he said he, they, they, he really didn't dive into too many details uh, with Lance um, yesterday about what's going on. So let, let me say this uh, about Lance Heard's situation. He would demand a premium in the transfer portal. He would. He would He would get a pretty large sum of money to go somewhere else because offensive tackles just are really hard to find. He's not someone, though, that I think will leave LSU. I, I don't know if it's just him being on our show before. I don't, I don't know if it has anything to do with that. But... I understand him wanting to guarantee some playing time wherever he wants to go. Obviously, in our PHL Discord, there was a big debate about how people feel about this potentially being an NIL situation. But I also think it's a playing time situation. We don't know who all is going to the NFL up front on the LSU offensive line. Obviously, Charles Turner doesn't affect Lance Hurd's situation at all, but it looks as if he's going to the NFL. But we don't know for certain if Miles Frazier is going to. So if Miles if Miles Frazier does not go to the NFL and Garrett Dellinger doesn't either, the LSU offensive line will remain the same outside of the center position. So Lance probably wants to play, and he is good enough to play and start in the SEC. So I, I get his frustration of the situation. I totally get it. Um, but keep in mind that LSU is a home state school and he is always just one injury away from playing at LSU. So, uh, so yeah, hopefully he stays put. Now, let's go to PJ who says, how should I feel or how should Colin Hurley feel if Bryce Underwood comes to LSU? Uh, nothing changes. Absolutely nothing. Nothing changes. Um, let me see. Um, hmm. That's interesting. Okay. Hmm. That is very interesting. Mick says he would take Colin Hurley over Bryce. I mean, it's just honestly too early to say one or the other. Uh, but that would be probably 
uh, our best quarterback lands in back-to-back recruiting classes ever. Um, I mean, that would be ridiculous back-to-back lands. But you want both. And look, yeah, I say that. Garrett Nussmeyer and Walker Howard back-to-back, they were both top 100 recruits. I don't think any one of us thought Garrett Nussmeyer was actually going to beat out Walker Howard. Some of you did, Tyler Guthrie being one of them. Um, some of you always saw the talent with Garrett Nussmeyer. I, at the time, I was like, man, Walker Howard's a real deal, and I really did feel that way. And I thought Walker was eventually going to be Garrett Nussmeyer out, but that's not how it worked. It's hard to beat other people out. It really, really, really is. It is hard to be so unbelievably talented uh, in practice to where you're clearly the next guy in line. Um, but, you know, it's it's too early to say Bryce Underwood's going to be better than Colin Hurley or Colin Hurley better than, than Bryce Underwood. So there you go. Um, the next thing that I want to get into um, – before we do that, we'll go to Roby. Roby's always got the most interesting Super Chat amounts. 1969, which also happens to be the year of my birth. That is an interesting. I don't know how you knew that, Roby. Could an NIL sponsor give a five-star recruit 400K to play as a walk-on on the team? This way, it wouldn't count against the 85 scholarships. Okay. Yes, and there's a lot of different ways you can do that. You know, one thing, Roby, that uh, some teams do is they'll give them a, a football, like they, they'll they'll sign up for a football scholarship, but they're also baseball players or they're also track and field players. It's a big reason why LSU won the national championship in 2009, right? Two of their best players uh, were, were football scholarship guys, Chad Jones and um, Jared Mitchell. And it gives you a huge advantage. That's one way, you know, the other sports are able to manipulate, you know, their lower scholarship counts. This would be obviously a different type of situation because how much, goes into, you know, a scholarship for each player. It's like, what, 3 or 4K, 5K, 6K, depending if they're out of state. So, yeah, I mean, I'm shocked that you don't see more of that. But it also could be a situation, Roby, where in the future, when NIL becomes a salary thing, which I think it's going to happen, you might need to be on scholarship to get a guaranteed 30K or whatever the baseline salary, which is what it is, whatever the salary turns out to, 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 to be. Okay. So look, it is what it is at this point. A lot of people don't like the direction the sport is heading. There are a lot of things that, um, that are working uh, against LSU in this situation, but it's working against a lot of schools. The players have never had more power and autonomy uh, to move around uh, like they used to. Okay. So Forbes uh, is in here. Could see Josh Forbes, one of our diehard PHLers. And this is via Matt Zinitz, 247 Sports. No surprise here. Denver Harris has entered the transfer portal. And I'm telling you at this point, Denver Harris is catching every single break known to mankind. Okay. Completely like threw away the Texas a career path that he was going. He was a freshman All-ACC performer. Then he transfers to LSU, essentially gets suspended for the rest of the season. And now the rules are changed where you can transfer again, even if you're not a graduate. Now, Denver Harris could be a graduate. I don't know. But uh, he gets to enter the portal again and transfer again uh, because they're making new rules to where you could transfer multiple times. Um, look, there's no other way around it. Could he potentially come back to LSU? Um, yeah, he could. It, he could be in a situation where the NCAA swoops in and says, hold on just a second. This rule isn't for sure set in place just yet. 
we're not going to let you transfer again or whatever. Um, this was one of the most disastrous LSU five stars ever. Okay. What there's just no other way around it. Just an all around disaster. Okay. And I understand that some of you don't like it when I go doomsday and you're like, well, what you're saying could could hurt us in, in recruiting and, and all of that. Sometimes you just got to call it like it is. All right. First off, he wasn't really that good of a player. All right. I, I hated that. But, you know, the fact that he was playing over Toviano and Stamps was crazy to me because when he was out there, he was getting beat. Okay. And the second thing was the actual discipline aspect of it. He, he he couldn't stay on the field for whatever reason. We don't know why LSU made him inactive. We we just don't. We never got an official reason from Brian Kelly. I'm shocked that nobody um, has that information, okay? Or at least it's not been reported on at this point because – to have two players with this mysterious inactivity with the team, two players from you know two completely different walks of life, both transfers, when we needed corners, let you know everything, right? Um, but you know maybe those two guys are a big reason why Brian Kelly has not been as active in the transfer portal as other teams because he got really burned with these two players, right? And, of course, J.K. Johnson not being healthy. So, you know, the year before, transfer corners saved our program, right? Uh, we're not winning a lot of games without Jarek, Emma Kai Gardner, and Greg Brooks and, and Joe Fouché as, as, as safeties. But this year, our transfer DBs were not good outside of Andre Sam. So, it sucks. Good luck to Denver. But he he was given the golden opportunity to work out at DBU. And it, it it was, you know, I, I might even be understating how, how bad it was. Um, you know, the the, the fights and, and all of it, it's it's it stinks. It really, really, really stinks. Okay. I don't know, Rob. I don't know. I don't I don't I don't I don't I don't know. Uh the issue is he was a healthy and active for a lot of games this season. And I'm telling you, there was nothing worse, whether it's discipline or load management or whatever, than the healthy inactives. <laughs> there are a few things that are worse than that. Let's go to LSU for life. He has a Derek Stanley profile photo. That's actually a corner who... Five-star corner actually turned out pretty well. Um, he says, man, I'm so worried about LSU, LOL. I mean, in a way, you should be. Okay, there, there, there's a piece of you that, that probably should be worried, right? There is a lot of question marks right now. You, you know, you... You lose Jaden, you're losing Malik, you're losing BTJ more than likely. Um, th- there's been no changes on defense. Um, it's you got a new play caller. It's it's a tough time. There is a lot of flux right now with LSU. We also knew this was going to be the case uh, going into this season. Going into last season, you could listen to every live stream that I did. The number one thing that you heard me say over and over was continuity. This was one of the biggest continuity teams that we had had in quite some time. Same OC, same DC, same coaching staff outside of Jamar Kane, which ended up being a big loss. Um, we, we had a really, really, really good staff, but it turned out to the defensive side of the football, maybe we didn't. Okay. We now I have a lot of flux, and the great head coaches find their way out of tough situations. All right, so there you go. 
Let's go to Roby. He says, did I see Corey Raymond put DBU on his Twitter? Oh, let me go look. I do not follow Corey. He did put it. That's very interesting. Is that a sign of things to come? He is currently without a job. If this is indeed Corey Raymond, I believe that is. His last retweet is of an LSU player, so there you go. And another LSU player, there you go. Corey Raymond DBU, is he coming back? I'll tell you this. It would be one of the most popular homecomings in the history of LSU football. Okay? The truth is, it could just be him reminiscing about his time at LSU. But there's always just kind of been this thing that Corey Raymond could be back at LSU. I've heard that there are some people that, that want this to happen. But it's mostly the boosters, influential fan aspect of LSU football. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Very interesting spot right there. Let's go to Sibley here. They do lose college hours. And as you know, Sibley working in higher education like you have, Transfer credits don't always work itself out. And that education, football doesn't work out, could go a long way. Okay. Day Day, I appreciate you sharing that. Okay. Okay. I'm telling you right now, though, there are so many people, all right? And when I mean so many, so many people that have talent. It's not just athletes. It's just people in general, okay? The mental health and the mental aspect of being a Division One Power 5 athlete or – someone that has a big scholarship and you go to an out-of-state school. It's hard. It's really, really, really hard. Okay? Um, it, it, it's a lot of pressure. Okay? And as harsh as I've been on, on, on Denver Harris, well, it's him. It's him that's holding him back. And there could be deeper things that could be holding him back. Okay? It is really hard to play Division One Power Five athletics. It's really, really, really hard. Um, in particular, it's really hard to play college football. I think one thing, and I, I was going to save this for a little bit later, but we'll dive into it. And and look, sometimes when I go on one of these overarching um, kind of points here, the uh, you know, I just kind of go on on a little rant. If you want me to stay on LSU. I will happily do it. One thing, though, when when you know, I, I spoke to college football players when I lived at when I was at LSU, I lived in West Campus Apartments, which is where a lot of LSU football players lived. Okay, one thing when when I spoke to them, there there was one player in particular. Um, it, it was a really good recruit at LSU. Didn't work out, and he went to another really good university. And the thing that he always went back to was he didn't feel he worked out at LSU because he had too many options, right? You have just this plethora of places that you could go. And when you go on these recruiting visits, they all give you a family atmosphere. They all have ridiculous facilities. They all give you, you know, tour guides and free food. And uh, they all have Hall of Famers and NFLers on, on their walls. 
for a Louisiana kid, it's a lot easier to say, well, if I'm, I'm going to LSU. But an out-of-state kid, it's hard. It's really, really, really hard. Um, and it's hard for anyone. One thing that I fear about the transfer portal is these kids are so young that it's not that they can't go through adversity or it's not that they don't want to go through adversity. It's that there are so many options for them to avoid adversity, avoid competition to the mythical transfer portal where there is the the fairy tale landing spot. And I think having so many options and there being so much unclarity about this player is making this or this player is making this, that it's overwhelming these kids and it's too much of a mental hurdle for them to say, oh crap, things are not working out perfectly yet. Um, Nebraska, and I could have had a scholarship to go to Texas Tech, and I, I would be playing at Texas Tech right now or whatever. I, th- I think that that happens a lot more, and it's not necessarily a kid being selfish. It's just a lot of kids have options, and then they think that those options are still out there. They get into the portal, but you don't have a whole lot of film. You don't have any film. They might not want you anymore. That spot might not be open anymore. And then there's a group of five guys raising up. All right. I I think since there are no guardrails, I think having too many things out there is, is hurting athletes. I really do think so. Okay. Let's go to Michael. You've been killing it in the chat lately. I really appreciate you. And he um, wants to talk about Greg Brooks. Okay. And I think TJ's in here. Shout out TJ and Louisiana Controls. We'll talk about Greg after this. PHL Nation. Oh, yeah, baby. You know about Louisiana Controls. They've been showing us love throughout this college football season. And I'm looking for you to do the same when it comes to your energy management commercial HVAC needs. It is all with our buddies who have been doing this for over 40 years. Yes, that is four decades. You know this Louisiana weather gets crazy. Go to LouisianaControls.com or call 225-924-4990, baby. Let's go. So, yeah, I mean, losing Greg Brooks really hurt us. I mean, number one, he was just good. And then number two, um, you know, you lost that leadership. And it, it's hard, man. It's hard knowing how serious the situation was uh, and how quickly and abrupt it happened in the middle of the season. Um, also, uh, if we're going to keep it a buck here, I don't know if it was fatigue. I don't know if it was him doing too much. But Major Burns was really rough this year. And some of it was was just him not making plays. Um, and, and hopefully this bowl game gets him back on the right track because he's probably coming back next year. Some, some of it, it was just, you know, not being able to make plays. Also, some of it was him not being able to keep his cool, right? I think at times the moment just gets to him, okay? There was a you know, point in the Texas A&M game where he, he just made a very simple tackle um, out of bounds. He's kind of rode the guy out of bounds. And while out of bounds, he pushed the guy like violently in front of the official and they didn't throw the flag. And it, it didn't make any sense. It, 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 I don't think the guy was necessarily jawing at him or anything like that. He was just frustrated, right, because we were getting cooked again. And I, I felt like there, there were instances where he would get frustrated and try to do too much. And that was the case right there. So it, 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 was, it was a tough year not having Greg back there because we really didn't have a safety rotation after – 
you know, Major Burns and Andre Sam, and it hurt. It it really, really, really hurt. We were not good tacklers in the back seven. We just weren't. Whether it be getting off our assignment and making a play in the running game or on a QB scramble or whatever the case may be, um, we, we, we just weren't. And there were two players I would say were good members of the LSU secondary this season, and they are both FCS transfers, right? Andre Sam, he was a transfer from Marshall, but he spent the majority of his career in McNeese. And then, of course, um, Zy Alexander from southeastern Louisiana. So some of this is development, some of this is scheme, some of it is 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 whatever. But that's it's a good question, Michael. We we obviously miss Greg Brooks, and I hope he's doing well. Okay. Um, but if Major Burns comes back, he is going to have to play a lot better. All right. Okay. Got some really cool stuff. We're working with the uh, Simper. We're hoping I want to call pretty soon. Really excited about that. Uh, it's been a crazy, crazy week for me. I'm doing a I'm DJing a New Year's Eve party, and uh, I'm DJing until two in the morning, and. Then I got to get up and do the pregame, halftime, and postgame show for bowl games uh, for for our bowl game on New Year's Day. So this is for you, whoever you are listening or watching this. I'm going to need you. Pregame, halftime, postgame show. Um, We will not – I don't know when we're going to post a film study. I don't know when, okay? Um, But we will do a film study for the bowl game. and I kind of want to do some kind of watch along for the Washington Texas game, Sugar Bowl. Um, I'm not getting to go. My dad goes to every Sugar Bowl, and we have been to 12 Sugar Bowls together. And I think combined, we've been to, I think, like 18 of the last 21 Sugar Bowls. Sugar Bowl is my favorite bowl game, right? And it's held in New Orleans every year. This year, it's a playoff game. What concerns me is there are rumors that we could be losing the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. It's a big, big, big deal. All right. Let's go to Roby. He says, where can we catch my basketball play-by-play? So I'm not doing a game until uh, January. I love doing play-by-play. I would love to get back into doing football play-by-play. I would love to do college football play-by-play, professional play-by-play football. Uh, Ruby, when I used to do high school play-by-play, I didn't have a color commentator. I had to do the play-by-play and the color. I miss doing that. That was always a fun challenge. But yeah, um, I could send a demo reel in, and I would love to do college football play-by-play next year. ESPN, if you're listening. Anish Shroff, if you're listening. That's one of my favorites. I'm a big Adam Amin fan. Gus Johnson, shout him out. Okay. Sibley, you're probably going to that game. So, there you go. Oh, you you want me to give Denver Harris a pep talk? I will. I will gladly do it. Okay. Now, here's what you're going to do. In the next 10 to 15 minutes, I'm going to answer as many as I possibly can. If it's super chat, we'll keep it moving. Um, and um, I have a few more LSU topics I don't want to get into, but as always, fire in your questions. Now, we talked about Deshaun Womack. We talked uh, a good bit about Jackson Howard. I also want to chat a little bit here about the offensive line. Okay. And it's not Lance Hurd related. Wisconsin's defenses, for whatever reason, they have always been really good at generating pressure, right? They they've always had just really solid linebackers. So in this matchup, Luke Fickle, um, we got to be ready for whatever they're going to throw at us. Okay. We we just do. Um, 
you know, I I think for me, when it comes to uh, Luke Fickle, they are going to try at first to just get home with four. But preparing for Garrett Dustmeyer, who can't, you know, escape pressure, is a lot easier than preparing for one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen in college football. So we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we'll see what they do. It's going to be a tough challenge for Will Campbell in our front, but I think we'll be up for it. I really do think so. Something else to keep in mind in this bowl game is the special teams, okay? Our special teams have been really good, but if this becomes a close game, what is our punt team going to look like? If we're not as good offensively, you know, obviously punt team, we've not needed to punt a whole lot this year. Can we punt the football efficiently? How will our punt coverage be? Okay. Had to punt early in the game versus Texas A&M. Had a penalty. You know, we had a little halo infraction action there. Okay. So there you go. See, I don't mind calling calling some UAPB action. I'd love to do TV stuff, but then again, you know, Saturdays it would be tough to do the LSU thing. But I don't care. I'll call, I'll call some high school football. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. Let's go to Brambo. I was I was interested to see that you know no one asked Brian Kelly about the Michigan rumors. Um, no, that was shocking. Uh, but you know we we don't we won't know anything until number one that job even opens up, and obviously we definitely won't know anything, especially if Michigan does win the game. Okay. Oh, they did ask him. I'm sure he. Sh- he sh- I'm sure he shut it down. So that's my apologies. Uh, the only clip I saw from the media session was him saying, um, him him saying that everybody was available for the team, but. They weren't. Um, so that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad they didn't ask him. I guess. I guess I didn't catch the the, the full thing. So that's my apologies. Um, let's see. What's up, Tony? Good to see you. Let me see if I can pull it up. Okay. So yeah, that that is my apologies. Oh no, this this was back in. I was just comment from November. See, that's what I thought. Uh, I don't know. I guess. I couldn't find a link to the full media session that Brian Kelly did earlier this week. So I guess that's why I didn't see it. Only thing I only thing I saw was the um the the clip that Jock pointed out. But yeah, send send it to me, Chef, uh, on Twitter at Power LSU. Okay, you sent it to me. Cool. Let me see. Okay. So this was um, this was back in November, uh, chef. So this was before the, um, before the Michigan thing. Uh, 
I was talking about in the media session earlier this week where I still struggle to find uh, a clip. Let me see. I might be able to find it here. Okay. All right. Here's a full one. All right. So it was pointed out here by WAFB. All right, here we go. All right, well, I'll watch this later. Okay. What's up, Chance? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That's a good thing. You know, you, you get to watch me on, on tape delay. That's awesome. Mick says you would like to see Sage Ryan at safety. Um, th this is all I would say about Sage Ryan at safety. So they tried this in the spring game last year. And I understand it's a spring game, so you don't you don't take too much away from it. And he, he was not good at safety in the spring game. Um yeah, it's just it's just how I saw it. I might be totally wrong on that. Um it, it's it's just how I saw it. But if that's what he wants to do. And he wants to be a safety. Let's see if he could play safety. Let's see if he could do it. If he, if he just dedicates all his time to being a safety. Okay. Let's see here. Zipper, thank you so much for the super. I really appreciate you. Once again, that thing shows up as like a hundo. Huh? 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 And we are 55 away from giving out another Jaden Daniels print. Van won the one earlier this week. Uh, so there you go. Appreciate you, Zipper. Let's see here. Oh, yeah, let's take a few more. Simple, you get to pick whichever topic. Go right on ahead. So Simper wants me to answer who will replace Madhouse. Here's my thing. All right. So, Jared, I appreciate you big time, man. 50 away now from giving out this print. Um, I'll be honest. All right. College football is just college football. I love it, right? I'm not going to lie. I had as much fun today watching the Pop-Tart Bowl than I had had watching any football game this year because the Pop-Tart Bowl is what college football is all about. Number one, Pop-Tart is just an awesome brand. I freaking love Pop-Tarts. They're so good. And it's just some wacky, random thing. It's just, it's just cool. I love it. I also love seeing two teams playing really hard. Uh, you had a fifth-year senior quarterback. Um, it really has no NFL aspirations. And you have a true freshman quarterback at Avery Johnson for Kansas State. And Kansas State had a lot of key guys opt out. Opt out. Their 
key tight end opted out. Um, and these dudes played hard. And at the end of the game, like um, like a fifth-year offensive lineman did this interview. And I love the fact that they interviewed the offensive lineman. It was just what college football is supposed to be about, right? So, you know, I I try not to you know get too much in like to the doomsday scenario of NILs ruining the sport, transfer portal, um, social media, all that stuff. But today I had as much fun watching the game, and I tend to do the same with LSU. I tend to um, not think too negatively and not too positively i just try and stay in the middle and just enjoy the ride for every team okay and i have done a really good job of not letting our defense control my emotions all right obviously i was very frustrated and mad on some of these live streams but it happens sometimes coordinators and coaches have bad years players have bad years whatever the case may be but one thing that has kept me up at night about LSU football and has frustrated me to no end is there not being any defensive changes on the coaching staff at all at this point. At all. And that worries me. I'm being real. It, it worries me. I believe there are going to be changes. I do. And I think Brian Kelly is just waiting for this season to end. All right. But I have picked and prodded. I, I've tried to get something to tell me that there are a gazillion, there, there's a gazillion percent certainty that there will be changes for LSU. I think there will be. I've heard good things regarding that, but nothing really concrete. And I don't want us to just run it back, okay? I think Madhouse needs to go. I think there needs to be changes on the staff. I do. But until that actually happens, I, I'm, I'm, I'm worried. I'm very, very worried. Do I think it'll happen? Yes. Have I heard good things about it? Yes. But it's not happened yet, okay? It's it's not. Um, so that it's just, it's, it's, it's just how I am. Right. And it's 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 bothered me. A lot of things just don't bother me. They, they, they just don't regarding LSU. I've not let Jaden Daniels not being in the playoff because we had a terrible defense bother me too much. It's just. We're at this point and nothing's happened. OK. P. Sachs, 74. Appreciate you, man. Barry and Underwood will be Tiger commits next week. I love it. Okay. So Jared believes Madhouse is staying. Hmm. I hope not. But I do think there will be changes, uh, some changes. Uh, they obviously need to go get another defensive line coach if the Jimmy Lindsay situation doesn't work out. Pistons have now lost 28 straight, tying the all-time major four sports record for consecutive losses.
God, I love the Pop Tart Bowl. I kind of want to. I kind of. I kind of want to. Kind of want to go next year. I've fallen in love with the Pop Tart Bowl. Huh? 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 Oh man. Let's go to Pegasus. He says, wait till after bowl season and the end of NFL regular season before you start freaking out. People tell me Saban didn't make his hire till February. And that's why I'm just not going all out just yet. But I, I'm. it's also one of those things where it just, until it officially happens, I'm just, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm not going to get too freaked out about it. All right. But now, I am done. Okay? Don't forget, pregame, halftime, postgame shows will go down on Monday. All right? LSU versus Wisconsin. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do um, some type of preview on the Patreon, patreon.com slash LSU football. And uh, really excited about that. Excited to see the direction our Patreon is moving. Everybody that signs up gets a Joe Burrow card in the mail for me. We got a growing Discord community. And uh, we have a fantasy football league. I'm in the finals. I'm going up against Buster in the fantasy football uh, finals. So I'm kind of nervous about that, right? Um, but the winner gets some autographed Mason Smith memorabilia, so that's obviously really cool. So there you have it. Pegasus, you can come to the show. Shoot me an email, powerhourlsu at gmail.com. I got a ticket for you, man. Come on. I'll play whatever music you want me to. I got, you know, for me, I, I normally just like to play EDM music. That's like the music that I like. All right. But um, obviously, play hip hop. And those are my two favorite genres. But I got to play some country. (laughs) You don't want one song I play at every single venue or whatever. The one that I play the most is Tennessee Whiskey by Chris Stapleton. Okay. It is. Power. Hour. LSU. And tonight, oh, we're doing strawberry pop tarts, baby. Let's go. The oh wait, I didn't do it. Jared, thank you so much. Simper, TJ, Jared again. Chase, and the top super chatter this evening was Roby tweeting out my birth year. Are you kidding me, Roby? There you go. Chancy, you don't like you don't like the rave, man. And tonight we're doing strawberry pot tarts. Let's go. Let's go.